theme music coming up any minute now. What shows this? Bullshit Bullshit is everywhere. Bullshit. Bullshit is rampant. Total fucking bullshit. Bullshit. This makes no fucking sense. It's just bullshit. Fuck. Bullshit is bullshit. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as proud as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. What have you done, Ray? What uh, did you get us into? I opened Pandora's box and said, hey, what's inside here? Uh, yeah. God damn it. Um, <laughs> well, welcome back to the Bullshit Filter uh, mini series number four. Yeah. Uh, this is episode 4.1, mm-hmm. our first episode on... The anti-vax movement. Right. Now, already I know people are going, I, I don't like that term anti-vax, it's pejorative. Uh, no, it's not, really. Well, if you are, that says, if you think it is, that says a lot about where your right. head's at. It's just a description. Yeah. People who are for vaccination are pro-vax, people who are against or challenge or vaccine, vaccine hesitant, <laughs> as they like to call themselves, yeah. like you are height challenged. Right. No, you're not. You're a midget <laughs> and uh, they are anti-vaxxers. Just, it's a description. Right. It's not a no. pejorative. I love yeah. you, but you're, you know, you're the size of a four-year-old. A I mean, it's not a pejorative to say that. It's factual. Right. Hurtful, <laughs> but factual. <laughs> I didn't want to do this series. Let's not. We're only doing Let's it not. because Just Ray Ray <laughs> dropped us in the shit. I'm sorry. Now, bit of backstory. So, I had the idea to do it a couple of years ago. We have been talking about doing a series on this a couple of, for a couple of years, right? Um, and I had the idea for it when I reconnected with an old mate who I hadn't talked to in 20 years. Nice guy, smart guy. We used to play a lot of chess back when I was in my early 20s. Um, and, you know, anyone who can give a good game of chess right. is, in my book, good good right. people, right? right? Worth listening to. Anyway, we got talking. Uh, we reconnected on Facebook. We ended up phoning and, and spent – we had, like, a great chat, three hours one afternoon, wow. catching up. And turns out he's an anti-vaxxer. Now, I, I respect this guy. I respect his intellect. And so after he talked at me for a couple of hours one day about it, well, have you seen this and have you read that and have you thought about this? I said, all right, all right, shit, I'll fucking look into it. I'll, and, you know, the only way I look into anything these days is by doing a podcast exactly. about it um, because if I'm going to invest hours into something, then I want to talk about yeah. it. Now, uh, but I've put it off um, because – I uh, assumed that all of the anti-vax arguments would be silly. And quite frankly, the anti-vaxxers are a bit of a scary lot. Um, They're intense. You open the door, yeah, yeah, you open the door a crack to them and they, boom, they come out of it like a horny rhino. Right. They just, they come rushing in. There's an image. Uh, Oh, my God. You'll get... You'll get Porn? 400 emails <laughs> oh, right. containing links to 400 right. three-hour YouTube videos <laughs> um, and hundreds of links to uh, dodgy-looking websites and uh, s- 
and scientific studies, Mm -hmm. which, as I've (laughs) found... They go. What about this study? And then you go. Uh, did you did you read that? So I'll go and read it. Go go back to the. But did you read the study? <laughs> no, no, I didn't read it. I tried. It was too long. Too too long right. and boring. And go right. <laughs> well, the study doesn't say what you think it says. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I want to admit something right now. I'm going to be upfront. I'm going to be honest. Right. Look, when I looked into it, yep. having spent the last week looking into the anti-vax arguments, I have to say that I found many of their arguments really stood up to investigation. Really? When you actually read the facts and not just look at Jenny McCarthy (laughs) photos like you did, Ray, as your research, when you actually read the facts with an open mind, I have to admit right now up front, it's hard not to agree with them. Mm. Okay. Um, By the way, I've also changed my mind about Trump colluding with Russia. (laughs) Uh, decided America did win World War II all by itself, yes. and God probably exists. Is it still April Fool's Day? <laughs> I'm a bit late. Oh, well. <laughs> no. You're going to hell. The anti-vax, Sorry. The anti-vax arguments are <laughs> as weak sources as you would expect. Right. Um, they're basically flat earthers. Um but the funny thing is, and listen, I'm not here to make no. fun of, like, okay, no, 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 no. Uh, all the anti-vaxxers listening to this, both of them have now gone, oh, <laughs> don't turn bitch. off. Because, honestly, I'm not here to make fun of anti-vaxxers. Right. And I've tried very hard, uh, to the best of my ability, to take the claims seriously. Absolutely. And here's the thing. I respect anti-vaxxers uh, to a level. And I'll tell you why. Because anti-vaxxers, on the surface, anti-vaxxers are skeptic and, skeptics, and I'm a right. skeptic. Um, you know, on all of our podcasts, I say uh, you have to be skeptical. I just wrote a book on on psychopaths where I talk about being skeptical of the things that psychopaths tell us. Uh, I just uh, just made a movie of being skeptical about early Christianity. I, I, all of our podcasts are skeptical. I take a skeptical view on all right. things. I say that it is actu- actually the smart play is to be skeptical of the things that we get told by governments and companies and people in power and the wealthy and the elite and all that kind of stuff. That's, Absolutely. That, uh, so, I, I, look, I agree with you. Be sceptical. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. You should always be sceptical. Yeah. But here's the difference between me and your garden variety conspiracy theorists. Right. I take the position that while it's okay to be sceptical, before you believe a theory, you should be able to support it with enough evidence to convince you that it's mm. the most likely theory to be correct, right. in your personal opinion, of course. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just a faither. Uh, and, and, and just having faith is like intellectually lazy. Right. You're a believer. You're a, a faither. I call him a faither. It's intellectually right. lazy to be a right. faither. Now, if you're listening to this, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're not you, – you, you don't want to be intellectually lazy. You don't consider mm-hmm. yourself to be intellectually lazy. And so stick with me. And I, I want to talk a lot over the next few episodes about epistemology and, and uh, heuristics because I think a, a lot of this comes down to that. To me, this isn't – these aren't going to be episodes necessarily – um, you know, uh, making fun of anti-vaxxers right. or their arguments. 
It's more around these episodes. I want to tackle uh, more about how do we know what we know? What what are our heuristics, our rules of thumb mm-hmm. for where we get our knowledge, how we get our knowledge? Because I think in this day and age, this is an important conversation to be had, regardless of whether you're talking about vaccinations or who to vote for or, or, or you know, I don't Faith. know, is, is Russia right. colluding with Donald yeah. Trump or, or all these sorts of things, right? This comes up again and again and again in our shows. Right. So that's what I want to be talking about over the next uh, half dozen episodes in this mini-series, Ray. Yeah. Uh, but let me let me throw to you now. Um, what's your week been like? Oh, it has been fascinating because you um – you, you do these research, you watch these YouTube videos, you do, you know, you read articles and then you read articles countering them articles and then you get to an article or you get to an interview or whatever where it's absolutely personal, where a person um, had a horrible thing happen to them after a vaccine and they're absolutely convinced it was because of the vaccine and you and you feel for these people and they have lifelong, you know, um, physical issues they have to deal with. But again, you like you said, you have to stay skeptical. And uh, so I'm just going through this. And, and like we were saying off air, this is a completely entirely new world for me because I never um, thought about um, vaccines as bad or as, as causing harm or as a financial ripoff or whatever. And I, I just kind of went with it. You know, I just kind of went with uh, what I was uh, taught as a young man. So it was very interesting for me to, to get into this. But I think you're absolutely right. I think these people, uh, they're skeptical and they either have reasons, either personal reasons, or because they've read something, or something's happened to a friend, or whatever, and so they have questions, and they and they brought up some very good questions, some very good issues, and we're going to go through some of these as we can, and at the same time, like you said, also ask the larger question. How, why do we know what we know? Is it correct? Can we trust our sources? I, I besides the Jenny McCarthy photos, um, it was literally a window into a whole nother world that I I was not. I was like you, I was a little freaked out, but it, but it was definitely entertaining and informative. Um, yeah, and so for people who don't know, the reason we're doing this series is because a few weeks ago on, on one of our news shows, yeah. Ray, for, for reasons only known to him, um, decided to throw in a story yeah. uh, about some 18-year-old kid who... His parents are anti-vaxxers. He turned 18, went and got himself vaccinated. Um, I said to Ray, what, so what's that got to do with anything? He goes, oh, I don't know, just anti-vaxxers are stupid or something. <laughs> and, oh, did we get a ton of e- emails. Oh, Actually, we just we just got one. We got one very email long. from a very nice yes. lady, listener, who said, well, you know, uh, you're the bullshit filter uh, and you're just accepting that Good this point. argument, uh, the pro-vaccination argument, is the right one. Wh- wh- why aren't you bringing your patented bullshit filter analysis machine to this? And I was like, she's like, I'm really disappointed. I'm going, okay, listen, I, I feel bad um, that I let Ray get away Ooh. with that. Uh, and-, and as my penance, <laughs> as my penance... I will spend a week of my time right. reading the anti-vax <laughs> position and literature and trying to understand it to the best of my right. ability. Um, and that is what I've done. Now, let's get back to um, why intelligent people believe crazy ideas. Um, but And I'm including myself in that. 
Like, why do I believe what I believe? And why is that any better from what an anti-vaxxer or a flat earther or a climate change denialist denialist or a Christian believes? Gets back to this question of epistemology. Where, Where do we find our knowledge? How do we know what we know? And, um, you know, this is a subject that I've thought about a lot mm-hmm. over the years, um, and it's something I take relatively seriously and try to hold myself to a pretty high standard. But the fact is, we can't investigate everything, or even most things, to the level that they would really need to be investigated yeah. to have a have a, an intelligent opinion on them. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to go back to university and study... <laughs> for four or five years to become an epidemiologist so I so I can do my own double-blind randomised <laughs> studies and read the scientific literature and understand it to the level I, I would need to. I, you know, I'm, I, I, despite what you may have seen on the internet, I am not a doctor currently. I'm not currently... <laughs> look, no one knows more about medicine than I do, right, as you know. But I am not currently... Oh. I, my lawyers have told me I have right. to say this. I am not currently practicing as a medical profession. A, not to say that I right. couldn't oh, yeah. if oh, yeah. I wanted you are, to. You are a practicing amateur proctologist, but I think that's as far as we can take that. Is that does that include the front bottom? It, um, <laughs> anyway, I... I <laughs> Gynecologist, there we go. Um, proctolic gynecologist, yeah, 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 yeah. Amateur gynecologist. Go ahead. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, you know, I'm not going to go back and become a climate right. scientist. There, so we all have ways that we gather knowledge on these sorts of issues. Uh, we, we all try and gather enough knowledge mm-hmm. so that we feel like we can make decisions about them, or at least have opinions about them. We all have heuristics, rules of thumb uh, that we use to gather knowledge on these things. We, we have people that we turn right. to and trust. We have sources that we turn to and trust. Or conversely, people and sources we have learnt not to trust and to be sceptical about anything that they say. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. that I mean, and, and we shouldn't feel guilty about that. Like, I don't feel guilty about the fact that I'm not uh, a doctor, so I shouldn't have an opinion right. on these things. Right. right? Like, we, we, we all have to go with what we've got, mm-hmm. right? We, we, we have to use we, – we all need to live in the world, and to live in the world, we need to make decisions on these things, and to do that, we need to have heuristics. We all have – ways of shortcuts yeah. for, for trying to figure this stuff out. And we have to, and that's okay. Don't feel embarrassed about that. Mm. Uh, nobody has the, the time to examine all of these things in excruciating detail. And these issues can be complex. So I think a lot of this subject uh, doesn't come down to whether or not people are intelligent or stupid. It comes down to what are the sources that we trust and why we trust them. And mm. I also think it has a lot to do with how we self-identify, how we mm. how we see ourselves, the kind of person that we want to be, that we want to be seen as. Yeah. If you see yourself as the kind of person who 
wants the truth, who's motivated by really understanding something, then you try to go wherever the facts lie. Mm-hmm. But if you're the kind of person who sees yourself as belonging to some kind of tribe, like I'm a Christian or I'm a, 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 an alternative health person or I'm a, I'm a health skeptic or something like that, um, which is, I think, how the anti-vaxxers often see themselves, mm. then if that's what's most important to you in your mind, then no amount of facts will change your mind. Right. Like um, you identify with it. Uh, yes, that's right. That's how you you, you see yourself, um, and it's and it's you know there are good reasons why our brains work this way. This is again, it's not a question of smart or dumb. It's a question of uh, heuristics, mm-hmm. you know, our, 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 and tribal identity. And our brains have evolved to do these things for good reasons. They made a lot of sense for the last million right. years for us to stick by our tribe uh, and, and unquestioningly right. because tribe equals survival, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And and not to have to think too hard about too many things. You know, in Daniel Kahneman's great book, Thinking Fast and Slow, he sort of talks about this a lot, how, how um, y- you know, the, the, the prefrontal cortex, the part of our brain that we use to think about difficult things, uh, uh, conscious thought, it takes a lot of energy, takes a lot of calories to think about stuff. Mm. And so, again, for the vast majority of human history, calories were hard to come by. So you didn't want to waste your energy thinking about stuff that you didn't need to think about. So our brains have developed shortcuts for thinking about things. And even if those shortcuts aren't exactly accurate, all of the time. If they're good enough to keep you alive, then that's all they need to be. Um, The classic example I I always remember and always refer to is he talks about, uh, okay, so you're a primitive hunter, you're you're walking through the forest, you've got a spear in your hand, um, instead of spear in your hand, are you just pleased to see me? Uh, you, You hear a twig snap behind you. Now, you, you, you could stand there and, and just take a few minutes to think about all of the logical reasons why you might have heard a twig snap behind right. you before you react to the sound of the twig snapping. Yeah. Um, or you could just swing around assuming that it's a tiger about to pounce right. on you. Now, it's probably not a tiger 99 times out mm-hmm. of 100, and you've jumped to the wrong conclusion when you spin around with your spear. But that one time in a hundred that it, your, yeah. your, your heuristic is yeah. right, the heuristic in this case being something something makes a noise behind me, it's probably something trying to kill me, that one in a hundred times it actually is right, it saves your life, right? right. And the other 99 times doesn't matter. So, exactly. um, so, so we have, there are good reasons why our brains have, have developed to make shortcuts. Um, but for the for the anti-vaxxers, I suspect their tribe is something to akin to the Trump tribe. Mm. Um, it's it's something about they're all out to get us, right? And you're you're an idiot if you don't see it. Yeah, um, that's one of the, the sort of the great ironies uh, on, in dealing with this is the anti-vaxxers complain that uh, the mainstream pro-vaxxers 
think of them as idiots when, in fact, I think the opposite is certainly true. Anti-vaxxers think anyone who doesn't, who isn't an anti-vaxxer is an idiot. So everyone thinks they're idiots. I also think the Dunning-Kruger effect plays a lot into this. Hmm. What's that? Um, uh, Dunning-Kruger effect, Ray, is a cognitive bias Mm -hmm. in which people of low ability have the illusion that they're actually really smart and good at something. Right. Um, the, the definition is uh, people of low ability have illusory superiority right. and mistakenly assess their cognitive ability as greater than it is. Ah, gotcha. So... They're compensating. They... Um, for a, well, for inferiority yeah. complex. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm just... Well, n- no, not not exactly. It's mm-hmm. that um, their low knowledge of something uh, prevents them from realizing they have a oh, low knowledge of something. Gotcha. Got- okay. Thank you. Yeah. Right? Um, they think they think they're better at something or smarter about something than they really they are. They literally do not um, know how not intelligent or whatever they are. They have no clue. Yeah, and it's not just about intelligence. Oh, like the classic example right. is how most people think they're really great drivers. Or oh, yeah, I'm a lover. really good driver. They actually, <laughs> yes, <laughs> they actually suck at driving or sex, but they think they're really good, and they have no real experience of what a really great driver is oh. or a really great lover is. They've never been in the sack with you, for example, so they don't realize. All of the things that are possible. It's a good thing I married a virgin. Please continue. Now, the original study uh, that Dunning and Kruger, the two scientists, did in 1999, uh, I only found out about last night, and it absolutely uh, made my day. Uh, It's the story of a guy called MacArthur Wheeler. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know this is off track, but I'm going to read this anyway because it helps put everything else into context. Okay. On the day of April 19th, 1995, the city of Pittsburgh was the setting for one of the most bizarre and ridiculous crimes of all time. A man robbed two consecutive banks in broad daylight. He didn't wear a mask or hide his face. Brandishing a gun, he pointed it at tellers in both banks demanding money. Security video surveillance caught him in the act for both robberies. Police in Pittsburgh put up the criminal's picture on the local TV news later that night and received tips immediately. This led them to the door of MacArthur Wheeler, the incredulous criminal who committed the robberies. When police arrested him, the story goes that instead of claiming he was innocent, Wheeler said, but I wore the juice. The juice? Later on, during the interrogation, authorities found out what MacArthur meant. Evidently, Wheeler told the police that he had rubbed his face with lemon juice to make it invisible to security cameras. Mmm. The old lemon juice. In response, in response to this statement, he was checked for drug or alcohol <laughs> intoxication. Good, good move. Which came, which came up negative. <laughs> Upon further inquiry, the investigators reached the conclusion that Wheeler wasn't crazy... Just incredibly wrong. (laughs) 
Wheeler based his idea that lemon juice oh. could be used as an invisible ink. Yeah. And he incorrectly assumed that the juice could make his face invisible to the security <laughs> camera. Uh, he yeah. claimed he claimed that he tested this sure. by putting juice on his face and taking a selfie. He said there was no face on the picture, so he decided to visit the banks. Sounds right. Later on, later on, Wheeler told police that the lemon juice had actually made the robberies more difficult. <laughs> Because the juice stung his eyes and he was unable to see during the crime. So he was half right. All right. <laughs> That's why he couldn't see his face in the photo because he had lemon juice in his eyes. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Uh, so that was the. Uh, that was the story that prompted David Dunning and Justin Kruger in 1999 to uh, study this. It's called the Dunning-Kruger effect or the DK effect. Now, here's the thing. We laugh, but we are all victims of the DK oh, yeah. effect. Um, there's no vaccine <laughs> for the Dunning-Kruger effect. There's no cure for it. Um, you know, this plays into... Confirmation bias and cognitive bias and all those sorts of things that are really, really hard to protect yourself against, fight yeah. against. And, like, I am constantly trying to fight my own forms of uh, cognitive bias when we're doing our yeah. shows. Like, when we're doing our Cold War shows and I go to criticise America's foreign policy or provide a rationale for something that the communists were doing that people would normally consider bad, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I'm constantly aware that I probably have a, a cognitive bias here that I need to be careful of. Right. And I need to ask myself hard questions about it. Am I really basing my position here on an analysis of the evidence or am I just uh, cherry-picking the evidence to confirm what I Already. assume yeah. to be true, yeah. right? Make- Even if you're aware of it, it's very, very difficult to fight because, as I said before, our brains evolved this way for a reason. Yeah. It's like it's it, it's as difficult as not seeing the colour blue when you look up in the sky. I know that the sky isn't blue, <laughs> I know that the sky is colourless and the reason I see blue is because all of the other colours in the spectrum are refracted away from the earth by the atmosphere mm. and the the wavelength for blue is actually, you know, shot, you know, goes sails down to the earth and then it hits my eye and, uh, you know, it, it, the vibration of, the, of that, the frequency, the wavelength mm-hmm. of, of that uh, part of the spectrum hits my retina, gets converted into an electric signal, which goes through to that part of my brain that then converts that into uh, a particular color and then tells me that's what I'm seeing. I know all of that. Doesn't matter. But I still see the color blue when I look in the sky as much as I try and tell myself it's actually purple. Then I could have purple rain (laughs) and my 1984... Dreams would come true, but 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 that's in some ways that's a perfect um, introduction to this because not only are we dealing with the human brain, you know, because people like you said they have their uh, they have their pre, uh, predispositions, um, but vaccines are complicated. 
the vaccines that work, you know, they work on bodies. The body's compli- complicated. The immune system is complicated. So like you were saying earlier, we, we can never, ever truly study enough to say that we are absolute experts in this. And at some point, you have to rely on some of your sources or at least, you know, bring up opposing sources so you can have a conversation or, or have a really good think about it. But yeah, this is some this is some stuff that gets very complex very quickly, and it just keeps going in, in a kind of a spiral because, again, this is stuff that they're still studying and no one seems to really truly have the end-all be-all answers of everything and, and I think that was one of the things that I that really impressed me is like this gets this gets deep real quick and you know so how, how can if you don't trust your doctors you know what are you supposed to do I mean you feel kind of helpless you feel like you have no other information except for the quote-unquote healthcare professionals or people that run tests and reports and so at some point you got to lean on someone or something and do the best you can. Exactly. So, look, over the course of this series, I don't, I don't want people to think uh, I'm trying to convince anyone of anything. I'm not trying to right. change minds. You know, it's, it's like when I talk about Christianity or guns or anything like that. People go, you're wasting your time. You're never going to change their minds. I'm like, well, I'm not out to change right. their minds. Um, I'm exploring this as a topic for my own benefit, for my own interest. Mm-hmm. And what I find interesting about this, it's not about trying to change anyone's minds. It's about looking at the things people believe and why they believe what they believe and, and what the evidence is when you dig into it and in crafting a narrative that uh, is actually evidence-based to the best of my limited ability as someone who is not currently acting as a medical professional. Um, Now, (laughs) my experience, I don't know about you, but my experience with anti-vaxxers, and admittedly it isn't huge, uh, mostly online and a few real-life interactions, but as I said before, you open the door crack and they come out of it like a horny rhino. They will vomit facts and stats and send you links, hundreds of emails with hundreds of links. Read this and read that and here are 12 books you should read and 14 videos. Now, I'm sure that when these people do this in life, uh, the the people in their lives that they're interacting with react in a couple of different Mm -hmm. ways. Um, Probably most of them either agree with them because they're preaching to the converted. Right. Oh, I know. It reminds me of um, uh, uh, John Cleese's wife in uh, Faulty Towers. Oh, I yeah. know. I know. When she's on the phone to a friend. Oh, I know. Okay, so they. they it's a bit like doing a podcast with you. Like there's there's no intellectual no. Uh, 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 sparring going right. on. You just go. You just you just repeat what I said. And and without that's the accent, it. you just repeat it back right. to me with without the accent. Yeah, you're basically a translator for our American audience. You translate when I say, "Ah, oh, went down the bar and he got on the other." You go, "What he said was in Americanese, right?" That's pretty much it. Yeah, that's yeah. your job. Yeah. Translate yeah. into mm-hmm. American. Uh, what Riley says, or <laughs> their experience in real life is people just back away. Yeah. And find the nearest the exit, which, right. honestly, is pretty much like how people react to me when I start talking <laughs> about history or Christianity. So just back away. Just people back are like, away. "Okay, we'll be over here just doing normal people Don't things." Just back away. So, so I get it. <laughs> this is my life, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yes. Somebody mentions the word Christianity to me, and I go, "Well, <laughs> did you know that?" Hold the chair, son. And for oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
four hours later. Well, Normie, uh, what you got here is, uh, yeah, and you just go off. You take the Captain Morgan stance Cliff. and you go to town. <laughs> I don't know what that it's is, a, but Cliffy Clavin. There you go. Get, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry about it. So I yeah. get it. I'm one of those people. I'm, I'm embarrassed slightly to admit I'm one of those people. But you've, you've studied um, and you've learned and you love to share and you love to talk about it and you love to inform and... <laughs> And and I'm not being I'm not being facetious and And so have just, they. You know. What? And so have they. Right. Now, hopefully I I I think I hope my social interaction skills are a little bit more developed than a lot of these people. I'd say yes. Um you know, I'm I'm looking for signs of uh people wanting to escape. <laughs> um, right. Or, or you know, as as you know, what Chrissy's method is uh, when I do this is she just double taps her AirPods after about fifteen seconds and gives me this blank stare because she's listening to a podcast that's not one of ours. She just Heather does the same thing. Tunes out. Yeah. Mostly during sex, but I was listening. Same thing. I was listening. <laughs> I was listening to a podcast. One of Conan O'Brien's podcasts the other day. Um, and uh, he was talking about his wife goes years without seeing a single episode of one wow. of his TV shows. Wow. And he said, you know what? I respect her all the more for it. And I felt a lot better about our wives uh, when I heard that. Yeah. Heather's never mm. listened to anything. So, yeah. So, listen, here's the other thing is I think people who believe in conspiracy theories tend to feel smart mm-hmm. Because they have contrarian ideas, uh, they can say, "Well, did you know that?" Right. And 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 again, I know people, including my wife, who think that I'm one of those people. <laughs> um, Chrissy and my ex-wives right. all accused me of being just a contrarian. One of those, just just for, just for fun. Right. Oh, you just like to be contrary, just just to show you're smart or just to make, just to piss yeah. people off or just to fuck yeah. with people. And I always say, it's, that's not true. <laughs> I mean, it's not true. It's just that I've thought about these things and I disagree with the mainstream narrative. But, you know, I, I really try right. not to be that sure. person. I, and, and I really try to self-identify as someone who cares about the facts and to go where the facts lead. But uh, and, and I'll give you an example. When we did the gun control series mm-hmm. last year, you know, even though I'm somebody who's pro-gun control, I, you know, I had to admit when we looked at the evidence for that, it's really hard to say that gun control uh, is responsible for the decline in uh, gun-related violence and deaths mm-hmm. in, in countries like Australia. Right. And in fact, I think that um, there's a lot, a lot of things in common between gun control and, and vaccinations, and we'll get to that. Okay. Um, but, you know, it's hard, as I said before, because our brains are engineered to have cognitive bias, to rely on heuristics. Um, now, I, it's, look, I, when we talk about this anti-vax stuff, and I know we're half an hour into this and we haven't even got into it yet, but this is important mm-hmm. stuff. I've tried really hard to find things to support in the anti-vax arguments because I, I want to fight my own confirmation bias and I don't want to be a dick about it. I want to hold myself to a certain standard. I went into this hoping to have my mind changed at least about some things. Right. I honestly did. Okay. I went looking for evidence that would change my okay. mind. 
Let's find out what happens. So, yeah. let's... Uh, oh, <laughs> here's something else uh, I found when I posted to Twitter and Facebook about this. Um, a lot of people <laughs> like to start their answers with this. I'm not anti-vax. However... <laughs> right. Qualifier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's the thing. I, I, I think that's, this, is a, this is a thing. I'm not anti-vax. However, and then they go on to talk about why they right. don't believe this or that or the other. It's like, I'm not a serial killer. <laughs> However, I do find it interesting that you can't just stab people to death. Um, have you ever noticed that, how the government <laughs> won't tell you why you can't just stab people right. to death yeah. if you don't, yeah. if you just feel like the bloodlust comes on? Um, it's a little. Why? Yeah. Why can't I have consent over whether or not I'm a serial right. killer? I just feel like I should have informed consent. Now, consent is a big thing that you hear from anti-vaxxers. Well, I just think there should be consent. Right. I've had a number of people say this to me uh, online. I think it's about consent. I go, well, I don't know where you live, but where I live. Yeah. No one's uh, holding your children down and jabbing them at the point of a gun, right? Uh, did, did did they do that in Virginia? Right? No, we hold down farm animals and jab, but that's different. Uh, no, now there are things that maybe you can't send your kid to a certain school. I think um, uh, I know, like recently in New York, they were having—I can't remember which county. Darn it, it's gone now. But uh, they were saying if your kid's not immunized, because they had an outbreak of measles. Uh, but generally, we'll get to that. Yeah, okay, yeah. so generally, no, you generally you cannot have your kids vaccinated if you have religious reasons or whatever reason. So no, I don't think it's a universal law where it has to happen even by force. So you have consent now. There are social consequences right. for not getting your kids vaccinated. Right. But I don't see a problem with that. I mean, there are social consequences for lots of things. If you flip your dick out on the table in restaurants, there are social consequences. Sure, it's against the law. Right. But it's kind of sexy. Okay, bad example. Um, It's more like, here's one that I can relate to. It's more like smoking cigars. It's not against the law to smoke cigars yet. Um, there are limits mm-hmm. as to where I can and can't smoke cigars. Mm-hmm. Major financial disincentives, major taxes, right. particularly in Australia, for, for smoking cigars. Um, but I have consent. I can smoke them, but there are social consequences if mm-hmm. I do. Uh, so there are lots of things where you, you have consent, but there are social consequences. You live in a society. And if the majority of people in the society think that you should, that kids should be vaccinated, everyone should be mm-hmm. vaccinated, and you don't, yeah. you have consent. But yes, there yeah, are going to be that. people are going to people are going to go. Okay, well, okay, that's your choice. But you can't do, you can't, you can't associate with right. us or with our children here, there, or somewhere. That's part of living in a society. If you don't want to live. In a society, then, well, if you do want to live in a society, you're basically assigning up for 
you know, having some general rules about yeah. how we get along, how we all live together. So don't don't give me this consent thing. That's right. kind of nonsense. And you're going to be judged. You are going to be judged. Besides, besides the uh, the real world uh, implications of maybe we, my, I won't let my kids hang out with your kids because maybe your kids are going to get my kids sick or whatever. But yeah, you're also going to be judged and 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 not in a good way. You're probably going to be found wanting. In, in certain categories, and, and, you know, people will stay away from you or, or distance themselves from you. Yeah, it's a bit like being a podcaster. <laughs> I'm a podcaster. Um, oh, one of those. Oh, oh. I, yeah. I, I left okay. the oven on. I got to mm. go. Done. <laughs> <laughs> what, what kind of podcaster? True crime? No, history. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> My eyes just glazed over. I got to go. And no, I don't, the oven's not on. I just don't want to fucking talk to you. I'm out. <laughs> in fact, I'm going to go turn the oven on and put you in it. You and all the history podcasters. We're going to round you You're up. You're killing me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, let's, let's talk about this being a history show kind of. Um, let's talk about the history of vaccination, uh, anti-vaccination uh, and vaccination. I want to talk about the history of it because I think it's a good story. Okay. Now, people being against vaccination is not a new thing. I found an article from the Daily News in London from 1862. Wow. Where uh, 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 the author of the article was a doctor was casting doubts on the effectiveness of the smallpox vaccination. Right. Although he does say, the only thing that can be said, <clears throat> I'll do my 1862 British voice, the only thing that can be said in its favour is that a much larger proportion of those who are apparently unvaccinated die than those who are. Yeah. I was like, just... <laughs> isn't that the fucking point? <laughs> I'm not saying that one leads to the other. However, I have noticed it. <laughs> I also found an article uh, in the Indianapolis Journal from 1893. Again, a doctor. Sure wrote an article saying that he'd been reading several articles in the same paper which had claimed the smallpox vaccine didn't work. Right. And he was claiming that he had just read all of the medical literature that was available at the time and was convinced that it did work. But the anti-vaccination uh, movement goes back from the beginning of vaccinations, of I guess, uh, from the very beginning for a whole bunch of reasons. Now... One of the reasons why it's probably a good thing to talk about is that the number of people choosing not to get their children vaccinated is on the rise mm -hmm. around the world. Why? Well, a growing number of people uh, believe that vaccinating their children is dangerous. Right. Now, I guess that's one of the things we're going to get into. Are vaccinations dangerous? So I wanted to find out what the main claims of the anti-vax people are. I asked a number of people uh, I know to be anti-vaxxers to tell me why mm -hmm. they think vaccinations are dangerous. And again, I got hundreds of emails with thousands of links, which I did my best to read through and look at, although most of them are pretty repetitive. Right. Um, <laughs> You know, the, the, a lot of them were links to Alex Jones uh, Infowars videos, and I'm sorry, as soon as you send me a link to an Alex <laughs> Jones video, yeah, yeah it was his psychosis. Your uh, credit, yeah, your credibility <laughs> is is gone immediately. Right. I'm not reading anything else. Delete. You send me a link to Alex Jones 
Everything else you say from that point on is like, I'm just not listening. Um, Now, I said before, anti-vax people on the surface do remind me a lot of flat earthers or climate change deniers or 9-11 truthers. Mm -hmm. The difference is, is I know who's behind the climate change denialist movement, big oil, the Koch brothers and people like that. Companies that own fossil fuel businesses Mm -hmm. or businesses that profit from fossil fuel businesses. Um, And we know that, you know, these these fossil fuel business-funded climate change movements use the exact same PR companies that spread disinformation about tobacco in the 60s and 70s. Oh, it's not bad for you. Look, here's a doctor. He's smoking, that kind of stuff. But one of the other things I want to explore during this series is who is behind the anti-vax movement. Now, on the surface, you may think it's just a group of concerned parents, but I doubt it. Mm -hmm. Um, There is something or someone driving it. Now, again, the great irony here is... (laughs) Yes, we'll get there. One of the great irony here is that... um, People, anti-vaxxers will say, well, who's behind the vaccine? Who's profiting? Qui bono? Who's profiting from the anti-vax movement? But you have to look at the both sides. Who's profiting from the anti-vax movement? Mm. There's people profiting on both sides. Now, you jokingly, I think, said Putin. Right. Um, because I'm, knowing you, I'm quite yeah, sure you, you spend zero time researching this question at all. Uh, but in 2018, when there was a lot of this uproar about how the Russians uh, were interfering, or well, not interfering, but uh, planting fake news stories and creating conflict and tension right. in the United States, it also came out that they were spreading disinformation about vaccination. Wow. The Russians, the IRA, the Internet Research right. Agency based in, say, Petersburg. I knew it. Um, from in the period that they studied, 2014 to 2017, they found that the Internet Research Agency had been spreading information about vaccination on both sides. They they had pro-vaccination mm-hmm. messages on Twitter and anti-vaccination messages on Twitter. A lot of the fake news websites, right. uh, the websites that will that are full of anti-vax material, being funded, supported, run by. Russia, as well as the pro-vaccination websites and Twitter and Facebook accounts and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So they, so so, you know, the Russians. Um, Now, why would the Russians be against Big Pharma? Um, I don't think they're against Big Pharma per se. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, their motivation here is just to find wedge issues in the West. And use them to just uh, get people fighting each other and arguing each other. Hell yeah. Again, this comes back to heuristics. Where are you getting your information from? How do you know that it's valid? How do you know that the information you're getting hasn't been uh, written by the Russians? Right. Um, so there's probably other sources uh, that we'll get into that that are that are profiting from the anti-vax thing. Maybe it's big weed. Maybe big weed is that a thing, Ray? Is big weed behind this? I, I I've never come across the big weed mafia before, so I'm afraid I'm ill-informed mm. to answer that question. Mm, I want the big weed mafia to contact us. <laughs> 
try and bribe us. Yeah. Hey, let, let yeah. me give you were talking about uh, information heuristics. Let me just give you two quick um, quote unquote facts, just just so this I have a context. According to the website website Statistica, which um, obviously gathers statistics, uh, in 2016, around 91 percent of all children aged 19 to 35 months have been vaccinated against measles, mumps, and rubella in the United States. Now, I'm sure that's not an exact number, but a general guide. A year later, in 2017, about 19% of adults in the United States believed that some vaccines cause autism. And I'm sure we're going to go into that. And again, I'm sure that number is not exactly right. But again, I think when you were saying earlier that the trend is going up, I think there's either a trend is going up or there's more doubt in people's minds or they're, they're more open to the idea that there could be something to this. So if there is a cabal or whatever behind this or whoever is the, the anti-vaxxers, whatever, I think, I think their message is catching on. It's getting traction, whatever um, expression you would like to use. And again, I think that it's it's becoming uh, just another one of those topics of our everyday conversation where people are truly asking themselves something um, that they weren't, you know, in these numbers decades ago. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely on the rise and we're already starting to see the consequences of that mm. measles outbreaks in places like New York as you said which we'll talk about um, right. in future episodes. Now, in a general sense when I look through the anti-vax literature, um, what it comes down to is they don't trust the government and they don't trust big pharma. Right. Now, here's the thing, I don't trust them either. Sure. Um, you know you know that. Yeah. Uh, so I agree. This is something that I can agree with the anti-vaxxers on. I don't trust. I don't trust anyone. I don't trust you. I don't trust my wife. Fox. I don't trust myself. Fox. Yeah, I certainly don't <laughs> trust Fox. Daddy hit me. Fuck off. I did not. I will. Uh, no. uh, <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, uh, fair enough. Yeah. I don't. I don't trust them either. Uh, now they, but the other thing is they don't trust science in general, right? Um, unless, of course, mm-hmm. they find some science that seems to support their argument. On the one then, hand, they say, "Well, you it. can't trust science." Right. Then, in the next breath, they send you an article about a scientific study or some fringe scientist who says something negative about vaccines. Uh-huh. They go, "Look, science uh-huh. says vaccines are bad." Got them. Go well, on. You said you don't believe science. <laughs> well, I believe this science. Yeah. Why? Well, because yeah. it just me up. sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Feels right. Um, somebody, somebody who provided me uh, some anti-vax material uh, in uh, one of his emails referred to science as the new religion. Ooh, now. I like that. Just like sending me a link to an Alex Jones video, <laughs> as soon as you call science the new religion, Delete. you lose all credibility as someone I can have a serious conversation with. Immediately. Everything you could possibly say to me after that point right. is going to be ignored well, when you say something that stupid. But let me let me dwell one layer below that what if the very scientists we are counting on are politicized or being paid off or 
whatever. I mean, like we were saying earlier, I mean, at the, at the at end of the day, you've got to trust something or someone or someone's information. But I think what they might be saying is it's not, it, it's definitely science as well that they don't trust. But I think it's the, also the individuals or the companies that are doing the testing that they also um, don't feel that they can put their faith in. Yeah. And I, as I said before, I don't trust big corporations and pharma or right. otherwise uh, either 100%. So that's fine. Mm-hmm. But I want to focus on this new religion business. Ah, now, okay. the irony about saying that science is a new religion is that it they, the anti-vaxxers, are the ones that are denying scientific consensus on things, right. which actually makes the anti-vax side of the argument more akin to religious faith. Good point. Because it's religious people that tend to deny science. Right. And say, well, maybe, you know, science doesn't know everything about this when it, whenever it's convenient. Of course, then they, then they uh, uh, have stomach cancer and they go straight to hospital. Right. I go, well, fuck it. You know, if you Make don't believe mind. in science, yeah. yeah, don't go to the fucking hospital. Exactly. Um, uh, 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 another common thing I found that was that um, you know people would send me stories on what appeared to me to obviously be a fake news website. Yeah, that would say things like, "This is literally one that I got." Uh, somebody who remained nameless mm-hmm. sent me a website uh, with the headline: "Flu vaccines are killing the elderly in record numbers." <laughs> Jesus Christ! And it quoted a study. Right. Now, first of all, this article was like 14 years old. Oh, come Well, the study was 14 years old anyway. Right. Um, but this article pushed it. Oh, record number. So I went and read the actual study that it referred to, and it said nothing of the sort. Wow. And they, they were counting so on I you went, not reading the report because most so people won't. I went back to the person who sent me the email and go, did you actually read the study? And the person said, uh, no, I tried to, but it was too boring, too long, too hard. Yeah. Yeah. So, see, this is the sort of thing that's going on. People don't even bother to read because their heuristic model gives in to confirmation bias. Instead of fact-checking things before they pass them on, before they believe them. Anyway, we'll get into that more later Mm -hmm. on. Like the climate change deniers, uh, they, they often suggest, as you did before, that all scientists who don't agree with them have been corrupted by shadowy forces. Right. Or they've been threatened to keep their mouths shut or else they'll lose their jobs, lose their funding, etc. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm happy to admit that that could and probably has happened. Mm-hmm. Scientists have been corrupted. Science has been wrong about stuff. And that is, after all, the process by which we make decisions. Right based on available evidence and models and tools, and then test them over time. If we find a better model or more evidence, we adopt that and keep going. Science isn't something where the gods come down and just tell us how things work. Right. We, we, we have to work it out bit by bit. Yeah. And then do it again. And so it's, yeah. it's, a, it's an evolving process. Yeah. Right. Um, anyway, and I'll get more into that uh, uh, probably in the next episode about how science works, because I hear this a lot from people, not just anti-vaxxers, all sorts of people. Well, science science has been wrong before, you know. Yes, that's the way science works. Exactly. It, we, we use, the, we use the, the, the best available tools and evidence and technology and processes that we have. We do experiment. Anyway, we'll get it. But... 
They say, uh, here's the thing. If, you, if you're going to make claims that scientists in this field or that field are corrupt or have been told to shut up, then you need to back it up with evidence. Right. This is the difference between being a conspiracy theorist mm-hmm. and a skeptic. Uh, a skeptic can be skeptical, but before he or she believes something is true, they want to back it up with evidence. Right. Otherwise, if you can't, then it's just a theory. And it's fine to have a theory. Yeah. After all, that's how science works. We have a theory, we test the theory. If we can support the theory with evidence, we go, okay, maybe that theory's got something going for right. it. If we can't, we go, well, that one goes in the trash here. Yeah. Yes, I know, it works the other way around. People are going to go, well, that's not actually, we don't actually confirm theories, we re- reject theories that fail to the evidence. And yes, yeah. I know that, but let's not yeah. be dickheads about it. Okay? You know what I'm talking exactly. about. <laughs> But here's the thing. You should stay neutral. If if you can't find evidence to support your theory, one or the other, you should stay neutral. Now, how that plays out in the va- case of vaccinations is, is another story, but we'll get to that. So um, that – we've been talking for an hour. We haven't even got into it. But I think that'll do for episode one. Right. Episode two, I'm going to get into the history of vaccinations. Um, and we'll find out it wasn't invented by Big Pharma. Funnily enough, um, the idea of vaccinations. We'll get into that in the next episode. Um, Stay with us. Uh, Again, this isn't to change anyone's minds. This is to look at epistemology and heuristics and how it plays out uh, in vaccinations. That wasn't my outro.